Hey, it's Tank Tuesday. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bull Brock. Listen, we were just at State Farm Stadium. The quarterbacks look like they were tanking today, Bull Brock. Oh, that's not a great way to start this ah. podcast. The the day after the team revealed, it's uh, is it a, a sham of a depth chart, or are we actually taking stock into what was on the card's true depth chart of the preseason. We'll get into that, but already coming out firing. I Listen, with we, guns out, sun's out, and you are just firing uh, hot takes about the Cardinals quarterback play, day, play today. One played well, and one didn't play well. And uh, yeah. You're surprised to hear me say that. I thought Johnny was going to leave with that. Uh, Clayton Tuna had a good day of practice today. He let it rip. He missed some throws, but he made some throws downfield. We're going to talk about that. Colt McCoy did not look good today. I'll just emphatically say Colt McCoy in the limited action that he had after not throwing yesterday during team and today during team, basically captain checked down Colt McCoy, 37 years old, batted balls. The defense was all over the place. They were flying around. I wouldn't be surprised if it gave the defense extra incentive, like licking their chops, dead meat in the pocket a little bit. I, I just, I was frustrated because it's just like, are we, are we really doing this week one or we got something else up our sleeve? We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the depth chart for the Arizona Cardinals. Bo, you posted it on Twitter. Kind of broke the news yesterday with regard to, well, Colt McCoy is the QB1 for now. But then I look at that and I'm like, well, some of these other names don't compute. So maybe this whole thing is a sham. Yeah, let's take a look at it and we'll kind of point out where we're. And let's just start with the offense. We've got some comments from coordinator Drew Petzing that we found interesting that we'll get to here. Uh, And then, of course, we'll get into the defense in a little bit. Uh, but you've got Marquise Brown, your wide receiver one. Of yeah. course, DJ Humphreys holding down the left tackle spot. Elijah Wilkinson, who's been kind of the mainstay at left guard outside of a few snaps during training camp. Uh, center Yelda Froholt holding off uh, a Pat F-line who started on the depth chart at uh, center three behind John Gaines the second, the rookie fourth runner at UCLA. Then you got Will Hernandez. He's your guy at right guard. Things got a little chippy today. Hernandez might have been involved in that. Paris Johnson Jr., sixth overall selection. He's uh, he, All he's done is play right tackle since he's put on an Arizona Cardinals practice uniform. Love it. Zach Ertz, of course, your tight end one, but we know that he's coming back from the ACL and another ligament surgery. Uh, Trey McBride is behind him. We've got news on McBride, an update on his status. He's just behind him in the depth chart. you got Jeff Schwaim, who was signed before training camp. Uh, kind of your de facto tight end two, maybe even tight end one to start the f- preseason. Rondell Moore, your slot receiver. Zach Pascal, your other outside receiver. Kyler Murray, of course, he's on the pup coming back from surgery. So Colt McCoy is your quarterback one. Clayton Toon has been entrenched as your quarterback two. All of camp. And then James Conner running back. Keontae Ingram at running back two. Corey Clement at running back three. And uh, Mari Dermacato at four. You got Marlon Mack all the way down there. Just signed last week, and it seems like Marlon Mack might have seen the last of our guy yet, even this early good. in his uh, Cardinal stint. Not good. Um, I'm gonna. This depth chart's not good because it's inaccurate. It's not. It does not reflect what we've been seeing, what you've seen each and every day at training camp. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna continue to bang the drum. Like Michael Wilson's gonna start over Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal's a nice player. He's a complimentary role player. Michael Wilson has, has an opportunity to be wide receiver two as early as week one. Zach Pascal plays special teams, and he mixes and matches in underneath and outside. You know what Michael Wilson doesn't do? He does a lot of things well. 
He doesn't play special teams. Why doesn't he play special teams, Bo Brock? As a late third-round pick, you got to pay your dues, right? No, no, no. You're going to lead the team in targets every practice I watch. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is because this this staff right now of quarterbacks, this group of quarterbacks led by Colt McCoy, wants to have everything underneath or in the intermediate part of the field. Like Hollywood Brown's game is, is stretching the field vertically, mm-hmm. and you can't maximize that with Colt McCoy. So I'm not surprised to see Michael Wilson eat underneath. But I, I, I think that anybody who does not believe that Michael Wilson's going to be a week one starter, you've lost your mind. Because everything that I watch, every time this team has QB1 out there with Colt McCoy, they got Paris Johnson, they got DJ Humphreys, the entire group of ones are out there. Michael Wilson is part of that group, with or without Zach Pascal. So uh, I we mentioned this off air. We were having lunch today. I just I told Bo, I'm like, I just feel like they're doing the, the veterans on this team a solid. Let's pub them up. Maybe let's highlight them during training camp. So when we cut them, a la some of these guys on the defensive side that we're going to talk about, they're going to have nice landing spots. Yeah, a couple great uh, comments here in the chat. Dylan Richards, uh, you're fine. You're late, uh, but we appreciate you being here, of course. Uh, And then we've got our guy, Sean Marks, jumping in with hilarious super chat, 199. Thank you so much. But he wanted to, he caught you. I caught it. We hate when the numbers don't compute. We really don't. (laughs) Johnny, might have misspoke there. They don't compute. They also don't compute. Compute or kaput with the quarterback <laughs> situation, Sean. But let's put the uh, depth chart back up there. And, and I do agree with you a lot on where there's respect being given to some veterans, but more on the defensive side of the football. And, and as I said, we'll get into that in a little bit later. But I don't. there's nothing wrong and there's, no, there's nothing incorrect about the starting offensive line. That's been pretty much it from the start of camp to now. That's been the five that they've been rolling with. Marquise Brown, of course, working his way back, as he says, trying to get to 100%. He is, you know, your your main X wide receiver. And then you've got uh, Rondell Moore in the slot. Both of those correct. And Zach Pascal's been, you know, the primary outside receiver opposite whoever's playing, you know, Marquise Brown's spot, right? Yeah. And that Michael Wilson's been filling in there. So I think where it's it's incorrect, and it, they won't do this on the depth chart, is put Michael Wilson to the backup of both Pascal and Brown. He's the backup to Pascal, and, and I think they're both vying for that starting spot. Uh, I mean, I think if the season started tomorrow and Hollywood's good to go, this is correct. Uh, but there's a lot of camp that be played. There's a big game on Friday as far as the preseason goes, and you're going to see Wilson and Pascal continue to battle it out for that spot. I just don't. I don't see a lot of inaccuracies. I mean, you look at the at the second string offense, and it's been pretty true to what we've seen out there. The only thing really is maybe you know Michael Wilson, where he truly is. I, I think he's going to get at significant snaps, regardless of him just being the backup. Uh, to Zach Pascal on, on this depth chart because he's truly the backup to two of the wide receiver spots. It's tough because you've got Zach Pascal, who they courted here. They they wanted a high-character guy, and they and he's done everything they've asked him to do. And now you have been gifted this, I, what I think is a phenom type of prospect that I, I think they knew he would be a good player for them if he could stay healthy. Like They, they would be lying to your face. If they told you right now, we always knew Michael Wilson was capable of taking over our first training camp. Like he is taking, he's over there chatting it up while everybody else is playing special teams with Buddha and Isaiah Simmons. Like he's already cemented because he's earned their respect. But there also has to come with respect of playing a game, right? And so they're going to trot him out there Friday night and see what he does. And then a week later against Kansas City, and we're going to go from there. I'm with you. Like I don't think they have the stomach to just say, 
Michael, we're going to put you over Zach Pascal. You've never played an NFL game before. Like, they're letting that happen with Paris Johnson, though. It's like Paris Johnson Jr. over Kelvin Beecham, sixth overall pick. That comes with pedigree, but he's also earned it. Like, can you say right now, do you think Michael Wilson's had a better camp than Zach Pascal at receiver? Um, pro- yes. I mean, he obviously does. So what are we doing here? Yeah, That's, I mean, I, I get that. I get that. But, you know, but they got to let him play on the field and, for sure. But like, it doesn't matter. And I've said this before. I think I said this after the red and white scrimmage when we saw Michael Wilson catch two touchdowns. Uh, it, it was just he finds a way to whoever's that quarterback. Yeah. Whoever's throwing the football to, to get their attention. And you can't say that about really any of the wide receivers on this on this roster right now that that commands as much attention as, as Michael Wilson. Now we also need to see how he performs against, you know, the the Broncos on Friday, but I I don't I don't expect different results really. Well, and I I also think there are going to be at times when Hollywood's not on the field and it's Zach Pascal mm-hmm. and Michael Wilson especially on on rundown. So, but I'm with you. I think you the don't rest- think that's just like a brutal tell though. Like if you're a defensive coordinator and you see the two bigger bodied wide receivers and you're like, eh, they're probably running the football. Well, here. it's like what I talked to you about earlier in the show. I don't know if Colt McCoy can maximize Hollywood Brown, like the usage of Hollywood Brown and wanting to stretch the field. Like I know he can be an underneath receiver, but like every time I see Colt McCoy drop back, it's underneath to Greg Dorch or, or Rondell Moore or it's to Michael Wilson, right? I don't know if I've seen him complete a pass to Hollywood Brown at training camp. You probably have, but like, I, Clayton Toon, I think, is more suited, and certainly Kyler Murray, to throw to Hollywood Brown. Like, And I'm looking at this depth chart right now, and I see K1 as the number one quarterback, and it's just like, how quickly can I get back to that reality? <laughs> After today, it's like, Kyler, I mean, I see him walking around. like He looks really good. He's in tremendous shape. We all know that. He's got his eye on week one. Is that realistic? I don't know, but he's still on PUP. But it's like, I watched today, uh, Clayton Toon aside, because I thought Clayton Toon had a good practice. It's like, give me number one. I'm please. shocked to hear you say can that. Can I can I please have can I please Clayton have number one Toon back? Stan number one. Can I Johnny Venerable thought Clayton Toon had a good but no, he did. And Colt McCoy struggled, no doubt about it. Uh Jalen Blair saying in his Dennis Green voice, you want to crown him? Crown his ass. Uh post I'll crown Michael Wilson right now. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter, by the way, just asked a, a question to me, and I, I'm gonna bring it up right now. It says, Johnny, why aren't you giving as much love to to Paris Johnson Jr. as you are Michael Wilson? And am I not giving love to Paris Johnson Jr.? I just feel like Paris Johnson Jr. is cemented as the tackle of this team. We spent all spring saying, "Don't dick around with with Paris well, Johnson." What, what's the what's this what's the cliche? What's the saying? What's what's what do we understand about the offensive line, and, and what do we understand about people who play are in playmaking positions or quarterback position? Right? Yeah. They're, they're going to get talked about more. Yeah. And, and that's just that. There, is there a double standard? Is there an injustice as far as why do we not? You know, all we, you know verbally applaud the the play of offensive linemen usually when you're not talking about an offensive lineman it's good it's a good sign because if you're saying well, oh effing max garcia and effing billy price and all the guys of, of cardinals past that are four-letter words you know th- we talked about them way too much because they weren't good the fact that we're not talking about paris johnson jr is because as of right now he looks the part. He looks like he's was very worthy of the sixth overall pick, and that he's going to be a mainstay at the tackle position, a, a franchise caliber tackle uh, going forward. So, and I, I also will commend both of these players because I think if you asked a casual and just say, well, "What are the two deeper positions on the team? Tackle, and I think wide receiver is a is a deep position even without DeAndre Hopkins." 
you've got two rookies now that are forcing the issue at both positions. Uh, free matter for the blind. I want to get to uh, his comment up there. He says, Colt does point to Hollywood Brown a lot. He points to Hollywood <laughs> all the time. That's right. Hey, hypothetically, you, the ball could be coming your way. Uh, love that. And we've I'm going to throw you a dot. Just imagine it. I it's definitely not going to be picked off, Hollywood, come week one over the middle my, when the ball my, dies. My arm strength rating is is a lot higher, too, in this scenario. <laughs> just imagine. I'm just throwing it on a rope to you. I think I'd rather have had him point today than throw the ball. I were at that point with what I saw today and the hospital balls that were being thrown and the balls that were batted and picked off and swatted down. It's like, can we get just get back to pointing maybe a laser pointer out there? That would have been more riveting than what I watched today. Yeah, Nick Nick Ochoa, great point. Uh, DJ Humphrey's first camp, he was getting uh, shouted on nonstop. His nickname was Knee Deep. The, the coaching staff for Bruce Arians in DJ Humphrey's rookie year, they called him Knee Deep because that's how far you had to get your foot up his behind in order to get a point across. We're not hearing that with per- Paris Johnson Jr. And, you know, he's also got the benefit of having a DJ Humphreys, you know, be able to walk him through what Humphreys went through his rookie season so he doesn't have to have the same fate and that it's not going to be, it's certainly not going to be a redshirt year uh, like it was for Hump year one. So when we look at this offensive depth chart, though, and there, there's still some good good chat in there, and we'll get to most of it here. We've got Michael Evans chiming in with a $2 super chat. I'm worried about the front line defense. Absolutely. We all we'll get are. To that. We're, we'll all, get to that. we're all worried. Um, I'm worried. Who do you see as far as uh, the, the true movers and shakers of this offensive depth chart? Like who has the, the biggest ability to leapfrog some of these guys, some of these names on the depth chart? Um, well, I mean, uh, Michael Wilson, of course, I think Trey McBride got his ass out on the playing field today. Mm-hmm. Like, are we breaking news here? Like Trey yeah. McBride... We did not anticipate it was going to practice. We talked to Drew Petzine, and Petzine was very like vague about he's doing a good job in meetings. When he's back, he's back. And then I'm like, oh, no, he's not going to practice. Mm-hmm. And then he's out there practicing today. He was in team. He was in individual. Um, but, I mean, listen, Marlon Mack got injured today. Yeah. So it's like Keontae Ingram, the door opens for him now to be RB2 again unless they sign somebody. But to your point, it's like, Outside of maybe a Pat F line or a John Gaines or somebody moving up the ranks of the offensive line, I, I think this is the group. This is the group outside of Greg Dorch permanently overtaking Rondell Moore, which I think will happen because I'm not rooting against Rondell Moore. I just think Greg Dorch is a, a better football player. Like I every time I watch Greg Dorch, it's not because he's part of this family. I thought this before he joined our team. His separation is better than Rondell Moore's. I think he has better hands. I just think, like, at the end of the day, he's a better football player than Rondell Moore. And I think his perseverance is going to pay off. And who knows? Maybe Drew Petsing will learn how to maximize both of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Greg Dorch and Michael Wilson and Hollywood Brown are your best three receiver set. That's my opinion. When you start to look, when I look at it, I see the offensive line, right? In left guard spot, Wilkinson seems to have that kind of locked in and, until, unless he has a bad start you know against denver and he parlays together a bunch of bad practices dennis daly's kind of looming uh you know i think josh jones is going to be your main swing we'll see what happens with beecham uh we we finally heard marquise's hayes's name mentioned by jonathan gannon said he's he's a big physical specimen as far as the offensive line the second year player out of oklahoma uh he could but he's more in the right guard mix which I don't. I think it's interchangeable, right? But then right. you've got Pat, Pat F. Line, who he, he did have one bad snap to tune, which resulted in a ball being kind of batted down at the line. Timing was all thrown off. Uh, but F. Line, I think, is a guy. I think he's he's already kind of working with the twos. Like I think that's where this there's this this is the one 
thing that's incorrect as, as far as the depth chart. John Gaines the second is your second team center, where I think I've seen F line kind of make his way up. And I think Noah Tagai is a guy that uh Tongai is is a guy that is moving up. He was missed the last couple practices, but if he's healthy by the start of the season, you know, I, I think that he could vie for second tight end spot. Yeah, easily. Because assuming that's assuming Zach Ertz is not right playing, um, I'm with you. The poor John Gaines. We were in the locker room when we came out. It'd been like the practice has been over for what, like 25 minutes, mm-hmm. half an hour, and we went to go pick up our stuff. And then you just see on the field still, John Gaines <laughs> is the last player out there carrying about six helmets walking <laughs> off the field. I got a picture of it. It's uh, it, obviously we're not gonna have it, but I'm, I'm trying to see how many <laughs> helmets he has. At least at least six. He's got three in his hand, maybe four. One under his arm, and then another batch in his in his in it, the next hand. A lot of these rookies are going to play. the The longer this this camp goes, and the more clarity we get, it feels like this could be a redshirt year for John Gaines, and that's okay. Like set him up for success. Maybe gets a spot start down the line. Ben in the chat, Gaines to guard. Maybe I certainly that's a possibility. But like if you look at this draft class, who are the movers and shakers on the offensive side? It's, I almost said DJ Humphreys. It's Paris Johnson Jr., it's Michael Wilson, and then it's Clayton Toon, who I think is going to be active on game days. It's a hell of an accomplishment for a fifth rounder. And then we're going to talk about the defense here in a second. Anything else you want to talk about with the offense? No, side? I think the offense is it's one of those things that's been pretty much in place throughout camp. There, there hasn't been too, there's, there's been a, a little bit of, there's been solid continuity there. And it's going to take the game to kind of start to move things around. Like the, the, the starting five on the offensive line, I expected to see more movement, but we've only seen, you know, a handful of Dennis Daly at left guard. We haven't seen Froholt relinquish the center position. It's all been pretty much right there. And, and, and that's good. I mean, I think that's good, especially with the first year play caller and Drew Petzing coming in. Uh, I want to remind everybody, of course, We've got the preseason debut of the Arizona Cardinals this Friday. This is your premier coverage, is the PHNX Cardinals podcast. In the meantime, you can wager if you're feeling anxious on preseason football. The Cardinals are an underdog with our friends at BetMGM. Plus 145 the last time I checked. That's the number I locked in. Put a cool hundy on this game come Friday night because I'm rooting hard against Sean Payton and I'm very much in the camp of J.G. Jonathan Gannon. Can Clayton Tune and company get it done for me? Well, BetMGM can get it done for you. Use bonus code PHNX. Now, there's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our folks in Arizona, place your first bet offer. Receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. A reminder, every single football Sunday, home and away, myself, Bill Brock, the entirety of the PHNX Cardinals crew will be out at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn State Farm Stadium. We were there last Friday. We're going to be there every single football Sunday. In the meantime, Check out the show notes for full details. Listen to our guy, PHNX Bets host, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it in the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. 
Enjoying ourselves some tea shot from Four Peaks, the green tea lager uh, limited uh, seasonal beer that they got going on. Of course, they uh, they dabble in the seasons, including the Pub and Porter coming up. They just tapped at their 8th Street location. They continue to roll it out throughout the valley. Johnny Venerable is, is following trucks with the kegs on them until he can really identify where else he can get that delicious pumpkin porter. You can find out more and get all the updates you want by following Four Peaks on social media at Four Peaks Pub and at Four Peaks Brew. Uh, they've got great product rollouts. They also just remind you that they make great beer on a daily basis and that they're a staple and they're woven within the fabric of Arizona. Just like uh, PHNX Sports, so is Four Peaks Brewery. Follow them on your socials and drink their great beer. Go to their 8th Street location. Have yourself a fantastic meal. Get those appetizers. Get the chicken rolls. Get that garlic cheese beer bread. Get the Italian beef beer bread for your entree or you're into some flatbreads, whatever it may be, and then some dessert and pair it with a delicious beer to go along with that. At Four Peaks, got to be 21 years or older to drink it, and we also ask that you do it responsibly. Uh, it's irresponsible right now to release a depth chart that, um, I'm going to be honest with you, poses this kind of defensive tackle group. Uh, we're going back to our depth chart analysis on the defensive side, which I think is causing a lot of concern for Cardinal fans. Producer Emma, if we could see the depth chart one more time. And I'm going to start at outside linebacker. I I thought Vance Joseph had left the desert. I thought we had been <laughs> no, ridden back Friday. We had been ridden of his selfish ways, and uh, I cannot stomach a depth chart. Cameron Thomas behind somebody like Dennis Gardeck, and I like Dennis Gardeck the person. Why can't he just be a special teamer? That's what he is. Cameron Thomas can rush the passer. We saw him do it last year. Zayvon Collins is a project, but. I got a lot of issues with this defensive depth chart, Bo, but get us started. What do yeah, you think? I mean, I think when you had mentioned earlier that this was kind of a homage or some respect to the veterans in this locker room as as they're still on the roster until they cut down from 90 to 53, that they're, they're going to make sure that guys that have been here before, like Gardak, Antonio Hamilton, uh, that they, they are paid respect in time spent in this league and in the hard work that they've put in since the new coaching staff took over, and that's exactly what Gardeck and Ham have done. Uh, and, and they're still vying for, for snaps on this team, whether it's special teams, whether it's you know uh, reps behind starters, but you've got Gardeck at the outside linebacker spot, and you know when we talk about the pass rush, we never mention Dennis Gardeck. We don't because we're so intrigued by the quartet, the young quartet of Zayvon Collins, B.J. Ujolari, Maje Sanders, and Cameron Thomas. I mean, it's it's really nobody really wants to see a guy who has one sack in his last 28 games. It's just the production's not there. Uh, you, you know, you if he wants to remain on the roster and continue to make plays on special teams, I think that's great. But uh, I I I'm with you. I don't want to see any more uh, pass rush snaps given up to. Uh, a guy, a veteran like Dennis Gardeck. Like I look at this base defense and I'm like, is this Vance Joseph's base defense? Because I see a lot of the same names. Lucky Fotu, Ledbetter, Gardeck, Antonio Hamilton Jr., like which Nick we talked Wallace, about. Was he copying the work of Vance Joseph I, and just I, made like one or two tweaks no, to make I, it I sure? Think, <laughs> here's what he did. He's like, what's this? Is this something from last year? Yeah, just throw that out there for media <laughs> relations. We're not. I'm not into this. Just plug in the new names at the linebacker yeah. spots. And- Guys, copy and paste this from last year. Yeah. We'll figure it out later. There's five weeks before the regular season. I look at this base defense, and I think old and slow. And that's the, the Cardinals need to be fast and interesting um, because at the end of the day, they're young players. If it's a season that's going to start with some growing pains, learning the defense, like think about that. You're investing in players that – are going to be one and done potentially with this team under this regime. 
why are we giving the 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 nod to these guys that were past regime holdovers, right? Which they won't. So I'm not going to criticize them. It's just funny when you see that. And it's like number 45's on there. Where's 97, right? I know where 18 is going to be when he catches up, and that's B.J. Ojolari. He's going to be on the field. He's the second-round pick. They are favoriting rookies, and they should because this roster is not good enough not to play the rookies that you have. Like Dennis Gardeck, I said this to Bo Affair, can we dangle him in front of Ants Joseph so he <laughs> feels like he needs to go to Denver Bronco management and say, I got to get Dennis Gardeck back here. And I like Dennis, the person, good special teamer, good hell. The Cardinals use him on enough media relations for a guy who has one sack in, what, two and a half years? Right. But let's just, the experiment needs to be done. I, I'm ready, so ready, to rip the Band-Aid off with all of these Kime-esque kind of players that were given just, I'm sorry, ridiculous contracts at the time. Not an indictment of Gardeck as, as a person. As a player, play the young guys. Play the guys with uber-athleticism. Cameron Thomas last year, Maje Sanders were robbed of their development early on from Vance Joseph. I think you want to err on the side of guys who have higher ceilings for production. And we've seen we've seen Dennis Gardeck be productive, productive in this league, but it, it was an ACL surgery and a couple seasons ago, not just one season ago. I, I just, you know, let's air it's on over. the set. Let's see this. Let's see snaps from Ajay. Let's see snaps from Cameron Thomas. I see in the chat asking for Thomas to be a DE, but when you look at the, when their setup is in the base of like a 3-4, uh, Jonathan Gannon likes to have some big, big defensive linemen in there, in there. I mean, almost D-tackle type guys to play the role of 3-4 defensive end. So he's got LJ Collier. He's got Jonathan Ledbetter question was who was knocking down passes today it was Jonathan Ledbetter and there and Nick Rollis was very complimentary of Jonathan Ledbetter and they like big number 93 it was interesting to see Lucky Foto in there as they're starting uh nose tackle I don't I, I think if you had pulled and taken the pulse of this show interesting or bad Fotu, like I don't think any of us would have predicted that he was going to make his way to, to the top of the depth chart I and I, I see people asking us to to kind of relax on this. We are. I mean, we're having a conversation yeah, about it. It's relax, fluid, isn't it? <laughs> it? But LJ Collier, former first-round pick for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, he's in there at the 3-4 defensive end I, You know, spot. I really like free matter for the blind. Is it a depth chart or is it a depth chart or is it a depth <laughs> fart? I got Dennis Gardeck as a holdover. No thanks. Come on. JG's going to take a big Sharpie to this bitch in about the next two or three weeks. A lot and of it, red ink? Yeah. It'll okay. be it'll look like all of my math paperwork <laughs> and, and homework from high school. It's just X out, crossing right. out, incorrect, a big F at the top of the screen. Cause I, Show that, your work, Johnny. It's like, defense, no, I stole it from somebody. That defense, coupled with Colt McCoy's quarterback plate, that will get them the number Easy. one pick to say. To, that will get this team a fresh tank from this show and everybody else because they will go two and fifteen. If that's what if Dennis Gardeck is your answer with Colt McCoy, but see again, I they're they're too smart for this, so I don't put too much into it. They're too smart. Jose saying Maje and Thomas probably won't, aren't smart enough to play at the moment. I look, I completely disagree with that. It's dramatic. I mean, look, we're we're only going off the information that we're given. This is a depth chart, and we're reacting to it. If you if if you want us to say. Hey, the depth chart came out. Let's not let's not have any thoughts. Let's not try to see get into the mind of what's going on with this team. Then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I think that this is it's a fun exercise. It, it it's kind of trying to figure out what the baseline is going into the preseason game. I disagree with with Cameron Thomas. Majay Sanders is coming back from an injury. That's why he's he's down the depth chart. He's not had the ability outside of yesterday when he when he was back on the practice field in a low tempo 
situation uh, to get back. Um, but like Antonio Hamilton had a solid practice today. I think he kind of answered some doubters out there, including myself. Had a big pick. Would have taken it back to the house. Christian Matt, like we have Nick Rollis actually speaking on the cornerback room. And a week after he said that he 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 says the competition continues. That's that's kind of the status quo. This is what Rollis said. Yeah, I think I said it last time. That corner competition is is really good right now, right? And and people are going to show over the next week when we play against Denver and and throughout training camp, you know, who's going to emerge and, and take certain roles, right? Starting role, nickel spot, backup role, whatever those spots are, you know, get to dime stuff like that. Um, and I don't. I wouldn't ever say like, ah, oh, we know what this guy is. Let's no. It's not that everybody can improve certain aspects of their game. And as coaches, that's our job is to get everyone to hit their ceiling, whether they've been in the league for a long time or they're a rookie. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, that's a that's a position right there that we got to improve everybody. And and I, I love the competition right now. Yeah, I think. Listen, the defense played better than the offense today. And as much as I think the offense is more talented right now with the skill players, the defense won the day. And he even, we missed it, but he ran in and, and yelled, you know, I beat Drew Petzing today. I, I beat Drew today mm-hmm. because the defense looked better. Saturday, the offense looked better. The offense was in the end zone multiple times, catching touchdowns. Defensive line didn't look very good. So I agree with Chase. Uh, we knew the D-line was going to be rough this year. They're trying to put it t- together with duct tape. I told you off air, the defensive line was practicing five feet away from my face. And I'm like, how many of these guys can I name? And I host the show, and I should know these players. I don't, I don't know half of them, like, because it's just like, should I know half of them? Are they going to be on the team in two or three weeks? I know Lucky Foto, right. I know Rashad Lawrence. It's just like, I, I, I would ask everybody right now in the chat, could you name the defensive line group for this team? It's tough. It's a tough right. one. Yeah, no, it is. It, I see Chris Boyd in there asking a question about Boyd, who came over from the Vikings. He's He's a guy that it, it's just like Josh Woods. Guys who've made their names in this league on special teams, uh, you know, it's it's going to be tough for them to kind of break through that yeah. that 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 ceiling and and get their opportunity. It's there. It's certainly there, and and they're going to have to prove it on the field. And you know, I think that they they want those those bigger roles, but at the same time, you know, I think that that's also. Uh, it, it's going to be tough for them to buck that, but they, they can still be productive players and see snaps on defense, but just as not not as much as you know them thinking, hey, this is my opportunity to start. But it's it's still there. Um, so and, and to hear Rollis break down, you know, Ham, Christian, Matthew, uh, we'll see Garrett Williams. It seems like he's really close to returning. And Garrett Williams, once he returns, I think it's going to be his job to lose uh, opposite Marco Wilson. Uh, we got a couple super chats that I want to get to. First of all, Dylan Richards, very uh, patient in the chats, friend of the program. Let's talk special teams. Do we believe who do we believe is the punter? Who is the kick and punt returner? Well, I'll let Bo take the first half. Greg Dorch is the kick and punt returner, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, definitely your your punt returner, no doubt about it. We'll see how they handle kickoffs. He was taking some kickoffs back today really? too. Okay, yeah. and then uh, and then we've got um, the the punting competition. It's <laughs> We really want to break down the punting competition. Who is I mean, going to punt got, for this team? You Just got Matt him. Hawk, who's a left-footed punter, okay. which is sometimes interesting. Uh, and then you've got Cooney, right? I think it's pro- I would go with maybe the younger Cooney, but I honestly have no idea. Okay, I fair mean, enough. I mean, I, from what I've seen as hey, far as— this team's not going to punt anyway. They're going to pick up every <laughs> first down. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be great. Just like the super chat from Sean Casey, right. 999. Thanks for getting us through the dormant doordrums of the offseason, fellas. Thank you, Sean. 
Uh, don't catch the live very often. Favorite part when you both shout all over the back of quarterbacks for an entire segment. Hilarious. Thank you so much, Sean. <laughs> this guy, I mean, he 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 pubs up the backup quarterbacks a little bit more than I do. I I think they're in they're in some trouble until K one comes back. I think they're gonna have a tough time with what I saw today. Well, yeah, Blau and Driscoll are one in sixteen as starters. I what I saw today from those two guys, like they should not be on NFL rosters, even so much so. Jeff Driscoll, and you mentioned this on a different show, and I saw it with my own eyes today. I couldn't believe it. Jeff Driscoll's out there catching passes as a tight end. It's like, guys, you have tight ends. Why is Jeff Driscoll catching passes? It's if if there's a quarterback that's going to be cut first, I think it's going to be him. I think Blau makes it through the first wave over mm. Jeff Driscoll. You disagree with that? Yeah, I know you but do. I'm, we're not going to argue. We're not going to debate that. <laughs> I I don't have a there's I don't want, hasn't I don't agreed want, with I don't anything I've said for like a month and a half. I don't want any bra- any space in my brain dedicated to third and fourth quarterback battles. It was elite today. It was so elite. <laughs> Their balls literally died midway through the air. First of all, I saw Kyler throw a couple balls today, but he he didn't he didn't practice right. So when you see Kyler Murray throw the ball, it's exciting, and then you see those quarterbacks throwing, it's it kind of kills your soul a little bit. <laughs> oh man, uh, I mean, let's see. Not much more to this. I, I, when I look at the defensive line, call your foe to Ladbetter, Banks, Strong, Watkins, Stills, Lawrence, Stilly, and then Slate. I mean, you've got 10 guys that are, are legitimately vying for a rotation. Like, it's not going to be like three guys are going to lock in on the defensive line and they're going it, to, it's going to be, I, th- I would bet it's a rotation from five to about five to six guys. When, when the season starts. You made a good point to me earlier today. It was like, I, they're just going to have fresh bodies up front. Don't ask anybody to be a hero. Just right. serve your role. Um, if the, anybody like could lock in significant snaps on the defensive line, it's led better. Like just, just the way that Gannon and just the way that Rollis have kind of comp, been very complimentary of, of Ledbetter. Listen, he, he's only 25. Right. He, he went to Georgia. He was on a drafted free agent, right? So, like, he's he's had a cup of coffee in the NFL. He was with the Dolphins for two years. He's been with the Cardinals for two years. Three years, I should say. So, he's got one and a half career sacks. I mean, maybe he can put it together under Gannon. They just, they, they do not have, this is not breaking news, they don't have that blue chip five or three technique. It's just the biggest glaring omission on the roster, and it's one of the worst groups in the NFL, position groups in the NFL. And, like, the pass rush group is unproven, but they've got guys. They've got guys who are drafted high, who's got, who've got a lot of skills. They're secondary. I know people shit all over Marco Wilson. Like, Marco Wilson's a very capable corner. Jalen Thompson can play corner. Antonio Hamilton was having a really good camp last year. They, they've got some developmental guys. The defensive tackle group, I mean, like, if one or two guys goes down, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become practice squad level play. And that's concerning, especially when the Cardinals are going to be limited offensively until Kyler Murray comes back. Couple concerns as far as this defensive line to see Richard Lawrence all the way down at the third nose tackle. Yeah, that's strange. He also could play a little DE in the three four, which might be one of those things where okay, he's third on the depth at nose tackle, but he could be in the mix for any three of these defensive line roles. Uh, and then Victor Dumakeji is a guy that that kind of flashed in preseason last year. Yeah. We were excited about him. And then once the regular season came, we didn't really hear too much from now the third year player. Was it Luketta was Nick Nick Rollis was asked about Jesse Luketta and he just said violence. He likes Luketta and, and the violence he plays with. Um but 
I'm 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 a little concerned to see like I, I have no problems with the lineback the inside linebackers. I think you got you're in good hands with Kazir White, Chris Barnes, and Josh Woods. Yeah, I that's fine. Those are good guys. No issue with that. I like I, the outside of Gardeck getting you know I, I hope he doesn't get the lion's share of the snaps at the outside linebacker pass rush role. I want to see those four guys we've talked about a lot this off season, and then the cornerback role. Like you, you see, Keytrell Clark he started today in base. He did. And Keytrell Clark is is a guy that Jonathan Gannon called his baby. He he's a, he played DB at his alma mater. I thought it's, you were his baby. It's Keytrell Clark <laughs> no, is his baby. Okay. No, I'm far from it. Uh, Keytrell Clark a little bit undersized, but working his way into some snaps. When you look at the cornerback position, Hamilton and and Wilson are your one and two, right? And actually, Wilson Hamilton in that order. Then I think it's a battle between Christian Matthew and Keytrell Clark, and then. Garrett Williams, when he gets back, then it's look out. I just don't believe anything they say. Not in the Cliff style of of how he operated, but just very like they compliment guys. Of course, they're like they're they're going to be high on people. Just believe what they do with their actions and with playing time in the preseason and the regular season. And then right. Isaiah Simmons not being a backup safety on the depth chart. Like I've seen a lot of Isaiah Simmons coming out with the starting defense. And, He's and in, been every the, time they that take the trio. Field. Like they they're gonna want to get some of the, their packages, which is their best players on the field, and that includes Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, and Jalen Thompson. It's like the players don't care about this depth chart. They know how right. much they're gonna play and how much they're not gonna play. Like Michael Wilson's not sweating this. Isaiah Simmons isn't sweating this. Like this, I can't even decipher what's going on with that front seven. Yeah, it's as far such, as it's such a hodgepodge. As far as Nick saying uh, Cam Thomas to de if they if they do go into a four three, I think that Cameron Thomas could absolutely play four three defensive end, no doubt about it. But when they're primarily in a three four, they're going with a little bit more beef, even with Cam Thomas adding back getting back to his draft weight. So who's going to perform? They're going to favor people who are young, that are athletic, and are going to perform for this team in the first month of the season, the preseason. Like They're not going to put Dennis Gardeck out there for 12 weeks and say, well, eventually he's going to get to the quarterback. This is not Vance Joseph 2020. Uh, this is PHNX Cardinals 2023, and we want to remind everybody, Circle K is where you get your premium gas at not a premium price. We're building awareness because we're excited about our new partner. Check out our friends at Circle K. Best coffee, beer, snack selection. Again, premium gas, not a premium price. It's America's top thirst stop. Stop off last night. Got myself a buy one, get one free Polar Pop. You can do the same. Text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club. Again, do it right now. Take your smartphone, device, whatever you've got. 31310. PHNX is the text. SMS subscriber club. I do the unsweetened iced tea. I might dabble, though, ahead of Friday night's game. I might say, hey, Polar pop, get a little caffeine. You're crazy. Add some sugar. <laughs> Diet Coke, baby. Again, check Whoa. out our friend. Check out our friends at Circle K. You will not be sorry that you did. And again, CircleK.com slash store locator to find the nearest Circle K to you, Bill Brock. We're pumped about our uh, our new uh, partnership with Greg Dorch. Future of the PHNX Cardinals. Future is so bright. We need some shady rays yep. to uh block out that sun, right? It's uh Best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of premium polarized sunglasses. Get your shades today with 250,000 people have rated five stars online. Shady Rays, use that code PHNX. Get 50% off the durable frames, extremely clear optics for all your outdoor adventures that you're going to get back outside here come September and October. Why not have those eyes protected with premium polarized sunglasses from Shady Rays? Use that code PHNX and try for yourself. Shades rated five stars by 250 
thousand people. You love to see that. What you don't love to see, Marlon Mack. We alluded to it. You guys have seen by now. Carried off the field today. Had a ball thrown to him by Colt McCoy that he attempted to adjust for. Bo Brock, mm-hmm. you were standing right there and unfortunately left the field with trainers. And I think you said was seen with crutches after after practice. So uh, he had been pla- practicing well. He looked good. He was poised for a big role this preseason. What do you make of the running back group now? Yeah, it's just really unfortunate. A guy that you know signed off the streets, obviously productive in his NFL career. Uh, biggest productive season was in 2019 with the Colts. And then he gets signed, and it seems like he's going to vie for some some snaps You know, behind James Conner. Even in the red-white scrimmage, he had a big, big run right out of the gates, and he continued to kind of carve out a role for himself and then you know right when they kind of fired up practice today Colt McCoy kind of threw him a ball in the flat it was a little behind him and Mac tried to adjust to it and once kind of hit the ground he immediately grabbed for that left leg went to the sidelines and then needed help off the after the practice field never returned and then when we were making our way to the post game uh press conference we saw Marlon Mack uh getting out of there on some crutches. So it's a it's a big-time bummer. I, I do expect that the Arizona Cardinals, you know, with the ability between now and the end of preseason to have a roster spot potentially to fill that with another running back. I think that that's – they had five before signing Marlon Mack, and that's pretty low for training camp. So they'll probably add somebody. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine they're going to go out there and go get a cream hunt because he's visiting the Colts. He's visited the Being Saints. Being courted. He is, and I just don't – I don't think that that's something unless they come over the top. I just I don't believe that's going to happen. Uh, James Conner, I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, which is a big ask, he's pr- he's primed for I think a huge year. He's had a, he's had a great camp. He had another great practice today. Caught a long ball, I think, from Clayton Toon or, or Colt McCoy down the sideline. You we know have it. that actually. Let's take a look at some yeah. of these sights and sounds. You might, uh, if you're paying attention, you'll see. There's Tyson Williams. There's one of the Arizona Cardinals running backs. Uh, but it uh, was a little. Clayton Tune action. Of course it is. I don't have any Colt McCoy highlights. And, uh, <laughs> cut up here. Yeah, it's Tune dropping back, and I think he hits uh, our guy uh, Andre Bocelli okay. on a nice dig route there. And then this is who we got. Clayton Tune over the middle. A lot of Tune time for number 10. Davian Davis. Not D-Hop. He hit Davis a couple times on a drive. This is another one uh, where he kind of zips it in there. Small window for Davis. He pulls it down in front of Christian Matthew. This might be the James Conner catch. It's Rondell Moore. Colt McCoy. Nope, that's Colt McCoy to Rondell Moore. He found him. There was a little little zip on that pass. He had to take about four plays off after yeah, that because his arm hurt so much. That was a good pass-up breakup by Marco Wilson. I believe on Colt McCoy. This is Michael Wilson getting separation on, on uh, Marco Wilson. Wilson on Wilson crime. And uh, right after that play, by the way, he made a diving catch. Back-to-back catches on that possession ball. When Zach Pascal in motion looks like, I have to imagine it's probably McCoy under center. Yeah, this is where he's going to find James Conner. And that's what he can do. Wheel route. He's got the touch pass, but man, if you try to thread it in there in I'm between traffic. I'm seeing some good Colt McCoy highlights. Stop, there. There stop. You, why? That's to Michael Wilson. The only <laughs> place that Wilson can get it on Marco Wilson. What are we looking at here? Is A little seven on seven Trey action, McBride baby. getting back in the fold. Trey Day, baby. He's back. Johnny Venerables, Trey McBride breakout season. I thought he's I was going to have to gonna, sell- in before it begins. I thought I was going to have to sell my Trey McBride stock after I heard Drew Petzing talk, and I literally turned around and I said, it's Trey Day, baby. Trey area, <laughs> maybe. Uh, and he's out there. He doesn't look quite 100%, but he's gutting it out. And I think, listen, and somebody tell me off air, it's like, if you think 
that Gannon has an instilled a mentality that you miss practice, you're going to get passed up, your ass is going to get passed over. That's exactly what's happening. Keontae Ingram misses Saturday. Marlon Mack goes out there, looks good in the red and white scrimmage. Guess who was practicing earlier this week? Keontae Ingram. Trey McBride has been a little nicked up. He finally, He's not 100%, I don't think, but he's out there. He's working with team. He's working in an individual. It's like, it, we said it last year, can everybody just be like the Greg Dorches of the world, the Buda Bakers that just play <laughs> through adversity, play through pain? Because I we were just a little soft last year, and now guys are picking up. They're like, oh, we have a preseason game Friday. I should probably participate. Right. Yeah, you got to set that tone. And it, it certainly wasn't there in, in Camp Country Club last year, and it is there this year. You are seeing guys uh, that miss a practice, and, and they're working out with the trainers, and yeah. then the next thing you know, they're finding their way back because they understand, like, if they're not out there on the field showing this co- this this current you know new front office, this new coaching staff, they're gonna find guy find guys that are going to be available, and uh, that that's the type of football player they want. Now you know the thing that's unfortunate is like they've got one Buddha, they've got one Dorch on each side of the football, and and now they're trying to find more guys that kind of fit that mold. Dylan Richards saying, "Is there a chance we keep six wide receivers?" Absolutely, I think that you got to have depth. I mean, I know that they're you're gonna see a lot of eleven and twelve personnel. But at the same time, like you do need, you know, four wide receivers and then you need a little depth beyond that. If some guy goes down, I think six is the minimum you got to keep. I'd be shocked if they if they do expand like the previous Cardinals teams used to where they go like seven. Yeah, I agree with that. I But I think the top five on this roster are really strong. Like I, yeah. the receiver room, I think a lot of us had to do a double take. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. But I mean, again, the Michael Wilson ascension, and the and the Greg Dorch continuation of what he did last year hasn't missed a beat. And then, knock on wood, Rondell Moore's healthy. Like that, that's a viable group now. Hollywood Brown did. You said the most that you've seen from him the entirety of the of the off season into into training camp and the preseason. So there there is not a traditional alpha number one receiver, even though that defaults to Hollywood Brown. But I think there are plenty of guys that can help this team win on Sundays. Like this is not a bad receiving core by any means. I think it's got a lot of talent like the outside linebacker edge rusher group. But to me, the biggest concern right now offensively is can, can this team sustain drives with a quarterback that's as limited as Colt McCoy? Like can, can they go out there and put together second manageable, third manageable for Colt McCoy? Because you know, week one Colt is fully capable of that. Now, I mean, you, you know, call we, him ca- captain check down. I mean, at least checking down and, and getting the ball in the okay. playmakers hands. You are going to be close to where, where the chains are. Now, can you on third down come up with the play? Do you have enough, you know, arm strength to maybe fit a ball in a window that you, that is maybe you would you need Kyler Murray's arm strength to do it. Does Colt McCoy have that throwing ability? Can he can he get the separation from his receivers necessary to, to make a big play on third down? Yeah. That's where I think we'll they they, re, they really struggled on third down last year. Uh, when we look at these wide receivers, Hollywood Lock, right? Uh, Rondell Moore Lock. You've got Greg Dorch Lock. Michael Wilson Lock. Uh, you've got yourself Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal is a lock. There's five easy, and then it's a good question. Who who's six? Andre Bocelli, maybe. Bocelli, but I think that they want more size. Okay. I, I would say the one thing going against Bocellia uh, is he plays is special size. teams. Daniel Arias is is backing up Marquise Brown. Like I said, I think it's it's more. Michael Wilson, but Arias, great size coming out of Colorado. 
uh, could be the option there. I also like Davian Davis, who they added before training camp. You saw number 10 flash a couple times yeah. with Clayton Toon. Decent size, 6'1". He's a guy that, that shined in, in the spring league this year. USFL could be a guy that plays. So that, there's going to be a battle for that for sure. Jose in the chat, hoping Dorch or Wilson can turn into a solid slot or number two on an island by themselves work. Well, Wilson's an outside receiver. I only have seen him play the slot at all, but I think, I mean, he he's your typical alpha X he outside said or number receiver. Two, which you might mean. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then Dorch, if Greg Dorch is given the big, the smallest glimmer of hope to overtake Rondell Moore, like if let's say Rondell Moore misses week two. He's got it. He's got nicked up in week one. I'm not hoping or rooting for that, but Greg Dorch will take that job and he will never give it back. Like the kind of camp that he's had. And I like Rondell more the person, but it just, at the end of the day, you watch Greg Dorch and he, he does not let you down from last preseason into the regular season. And the kind of camp that he's had, I mean, he, he does not come to, you know, Glendale at state farm stadium and feel like anything has been given. He has to earn everything. So, but I, I think again, Rondell and Greg Dorch, both underneath is is very viable. Hollywood has been a thousand yard receiver before, and Michael Wilson is the phenom of the, of this draft outside of Paris Johnson. So interesting group. Can we get him the football before K one comes back? Biggest biggest question because again we talk about Amari Cooper last year. Jacoby Brissett was serviceable, did a nice job for them. Can Drew Petzing recreate some of that without Kyler Murray? Remains to be seen. If you're frustrated, if you're skeptical, if you're concerned about the. Uh arm strength of Colt McCoy, do yourself a service and have yourself an OG's. OG's brand is going to put you right in the proper headspace. Of course, they've got the gummy tailored to what you're looking for from the experience. They've got that strawberries and cream, the happy balance, one-to-one ratio, CBD, THC gummy that you're going to love, plus the uh, pink lemonade. It's going to kick into nostalgia, hot summers, ice-cold pink lemonade, grandma made, but this time a little twist. It's in gummy form, and it's got a little uh, cannabis in it as well. Love it. Check it out for yourself. And wherever you go check, take in your uh, cannabis at your dispensaries, anywhere around the valley, you got the creams, you've got the fruits, they've got the mixed bags now. Check out their full product line, ogsbrands.com. That's ogsbrands.com. Follow them on your socials. Find them in your local dispensary. Got to be 21 years or older to purchase. Uh if you missed it yesterday, I'm going to remind you again, we have the hottest new shirt at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. It is the aforementioned Greg Dorch shirt. Right now, you can get it. If you become a diehard, you can get it for free at gophnx.com. Greg Dorch, light it, baby, because he is the newest member of the PHNX Cardinals family. We saw him on the postgame show Saturday. We saw him in person making plays today. It's the new release at the Merchandise Locker, number 83. On the tee, number one in your hearts. It's it's Greg Dorch. <laughs> I can't wear to I can't wait to rock it uh as much as I can. Bet yeah. MGM this fall. Bo Brock, you've already ordered yours. I'm jealous. Yeah, I got myself one. I got my wife one. Um, you know, we we've got a member of the PHNX family. He's getting married next spring. I'm wearing this to his wedding. Uh, <laughs> if if I wasn't married already, I'd wear it to my own wedding, but and I'll probably inevitably be divorced at some point, so maybe there's a future wedding I can wear it in. But yeah, it's that's gonna I'm gonna wear it everywhere. Yeah, I love this. Uh, Dylan Richards in the chat waiting for an announcement that K1 is being taken off the PUP. What a day that'll be! <laughs> I mean, we dream about that day every day, Dylan. It's like is today the day? Is tomorrow the day? Uh, we, we I don't know anything about Kyler Murray other than this team needs him badly to compete this year, and when he when he's back, they will compete. They will compete this year. What is this? Uh, Kyrus Utofa, Johnny Luxwell. 
Yeah, he does. He's sitting next to me. Of course, he's going to look small next to your boy. But listen, my lower body is just, its it, it could be crushed in any moment. So <laughs> this is all cosmetic. It doesn't do anything. Ask my wife. I am not helpful. This is just literally for everybody on a stream. And uh, yeah. Mr. J, I, I was only kidding Go, going into that ad read, being high <laughs> to tolerate Colt McCoy. Look, Colt McCoy... I'll still maintain that I think that this coaching staff feels like he's the best option for this team going into the regular season. And it's it's his ability to diagnose defenses, read defenses, and put this this offense in a position to uh, you know, maintain drives, move the chains and and put up points on the on the scoreboard. They're not just kind of taken away by the athletic talents, physical talents and traits of Clayton Toon. They know that there's more to playing that position than than just that. Colt looked good in live action during the scrimmage on Saturday. Again, benefit of the doubt. <laughs> he threw a couple tutties. Today he looked bad. So I think that's probably what you can expect. Like, let's say Kyler Outside Murray. of the highlights we had, he looked pretty good. No, he did. Like, guys, <laughs> trust me. I was there with my check, eyes. Go he check did. the tape. Sights and sounds. It's that's on our CGI. YouTube page We got a lot of talented <laughs> people here working, making Colt McCoy look good. I think the Colt McCoy roller coaster is one Sunday he might look good. And another Sunday, it might be really bad. But that's the reality of, of being a quintessential NFL backup, right? And I think that that's you take. You're going to have to take the good with bad. Otherwise, you've got then you're if you're better than that, you're a starter. I think I think Colt McCoy this preseason is going to see about this much action. I I don't expect him to see much time, if at all, on Friday. I don't think James Conner should play Friday. Right. Like a lot a lot of these guys, they're going to keep in bubble wrap until what September 10th. And, and break glass in case of emergency, I would start Clayton Toon Friday and let him light up Vance Joseph. That's Christmas come early for your boy. Clayton Toon goes out there with Greg Dorch and whoops up on the Denver Bronco defense. I would love to see it. And then again, turn around and see Isaiah Simmons, somebody who had his development thwarted by Vance Joseph, maybe a pick six on old Russ, Russell Wilson. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for it either. Of course, the only place to find nonstop wall-to-wall coverage at PHNX underscore Cardinals, at PHNX underscore sports, Twitter, Instagram, and of course at PHNX sports here on YouTube. And uh, look, if you listen to us on your podcast, wherever you find podcasts, leave a five-star rating. If you can leave a review, we appreciate that. It goes a long way. Thank you for all 100-plus people that put the review in there. Saw one of our guys out there is on the roof listening to our podcast. Unbelievable. You guys are great. Thank you to everybody that tunes in. That This is why we do this, so we can have this conversation with the Cardinals community, talk about this team, do silly exercises like break down the initial uh, depth chart. And what does it all mean? Uh, it means nothing until they play a game, and that's happening this Friday. Do me a favor. Everybody go down if you could. If you're participating in the chat, like this video. Help share it around the YouTube metaverse algorithm, BS, whatever that means. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. We are quickly approaching 16,000 followers. We are also 100-plus followers away from 9,000 followers on Twitter if you think, why do I need to be on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now? Because my man to my left, cranking out content myself every single day, exclusive access videos, breakdowns you can't get anywhere else. In the meantime, like and subscribe. Leave us a five star, as Bo Brock said. We are back manana. It's game week on a Wednesday. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you then.